Hello and welcome back to an episode of Women Who Sport. Firstly, big shout out to Sharon Martin and thank you for providing the intro and outro music to our podcast. And then secondly, just a bit of an apology for not being around um, recently. We've both been quite busy with different things going on. Um, I've been moving down to Gloucester uh, to start the next chapter and Rona's been working hard at university completing her master's dissertation. So we're doing a bit of an impromptu episode today before our new series launches next month. There's been a lot going on in social media with women's rugby over the past couple of weeks um, where some like inequality in Jersey launches were highlighted um, by Flo Williams at the Perception Agency. And yeah, we kind of wanted to jump on that bandwagon and chat to Flo herself. All the new artwork and stuff that we've, we're launching over the next couple of weeks have all been designed by Flo. So athletes, male or female, um, or anybody in the business that, that wants to do a bit of a rebrand, we highly recommend Flo Williams' work. At the Perception Agency. Yeah, perfect. Right, let's get into it. Always be proud of who you are, Gotta hold your head up high. Don't let this moment pass you by. You can be anything you believe you can be, girl. This world is waiting just for you. So go and shine and live the truth. You can be anything you believe you can be. With everything going on in the media recently, to do with women's sport and not getting enough coverage and and perception agencies brought a lot of those points to the forefront um, and highlighted them across social media platforms um like what is your point of view with everything going on um to be honest like it for me it's just it's the same conversations that we've all probably had outside of sport or together it's just oh it's, did you see this or oh god have you seen that again or this is happening and we're just so used to it but I think it's about time that we said it a bit more publicly and we're proud to stand up for what we believe in because like I said it's, this is not an isolated incident and to be able to put something out there that people can get behind in however they feel whether it's I am enough I'm more than enough or I've had enough it just gave people an opportunity to share their stories and the stories that have come out from it and the individual opinions and where people have felt mistreated it's actually been so empowering and at, at times it's a bit disheartening to be like wow this really has affected a lot of people this is a bigger problem than we thought but many voices get heard and individuals will get lost through the cl- lost through the cracks but if everyone comes together this is the the power it's had and someone was saying the other day this is the this is the biggest connection of the women's rugby community I've ever seen online because everyone came together and pushed for what they believed in rather than all of us sitting by ourselves probably all saying the same thing anyway. Yeah I think that's what struck me about it when I was searching through the enough hashtag and reflecting on your newfound fame and fortune. It didn't matter what level you played at or what you'd looked at everybody that has played women's rugby has experienced sexism or sexist comments and like in some way shape or form yeah 100 percent. and it was like you say it was great to see everyone from grassroots to internationals and to see so many internationals and elite athletes standing up and saying it as well it showed that this is like almost a societal issue from the ground up like it's not just your sunday league people who were affected it is the elites who should be world stars should be world famous should be getting paid equally or adequately and they're not and for everyone to actually stand up and say it rather than us constantly being like so grateful for this so thankful for like 
I have a contract rather than I'm paid enough or I don't have to also have a job as well. We're always so thankful. And like the progress is brilliant and we are thankful for the progress, but it doesn't mean I'm going to say thanks and then rest on my laurels and stop fighting because if you don't continue to fight, then we will never progress. And it was great to have people as the big times saying it because it showed that even when you do make it, it's still not, we're not at that destination and it can be pushed on. Yeah, no, totally agreed. And like women's rugby at the moment, we, we want equal pay eventually. We're not expecting that right now. Like we want some form of reimbursement for not getting a proper job because you're focusing all your time on rugby. Taking jobs where you can get every single weekend off and you're hardly getting paid anything so that it works with rugby. Yeah, exactly. And unfortunately, when you look at it from a fan perspective, a sponsor perspective, you just, you see them as equal sport. You just see it as men and women, but you don't see the men have got every day under the sun, every staff member under the sun, looking after them, helping them get there. And the women are actually having to juggle so much more alongside their sport. And if they were able to focus on their sport as their main career, then you can start comparing them directly. But it's these comparisons that you're saying they're the same product. They're not. Like one has got a significant advantage. And they say, well, the men's rugby is so much better. And it's like, well, yeah, it's a product of hundreds of years of investment behind it. And we're not. Like we are very early on that journey. So to compare them directly is not quite fair. But I understand that one sport is slightly, can be more attractive to watch the sponsors than the other. But there is, that doesn't mean that without the hundreds of years of investment behind women's rugby that we can't get there as well. And like you say, we're not asking for equal. We don't all want £17,000 per game. Like, it's like someone's ordered a pizza and the boys have eaten the whole pizza and we've got the garlic dip. Like, we want two slices. You know, two slices is fine. We're happy with that. But the garlic dip, that ain't getting you nowhere. Like, it's not enough. Yeah, that's so true. I really like that analogy as well. And, and again, it, it kind of is a catch-22. We want that increased media coverage to be able to bring in the spectators increase the ticket sales and with that we we can start generating our own pot of money rather than having like a shared pot and we've got stats like 11 percent of women's sport is is on tv and that's not rugby that's all women's sport two percent covered in newspapers five percent on radio and only four percent online they're crazy stats and with figure solo, it is really difficult for women's sport to get out there and notice by public or have younger girls to have role models to see that actually being a full-time athlete is a, is a prospect, is a career um, goal if that's what they want to do. Yeah, like if, if you can't see it, you can't be it and you need those faces out there and you need people to be able to see it and have that as an achievable pathway. If you can if you can see the Emily Scarrett's of this world out there, then you can plan to be that person. But if you can't see it, it's going to be so much harder to fabricate that dream. Uh, people will do it. Like Serena Williams um, carved her own path, but not everyone is going to be able to do that. Let's make it as accessible and as easy as possible. And like you say, the media coverage is completely inadequate at the moment. In terms of commercial sponsorship, globally, commercial sponsorship represents 1% of that goes to female and 99% goes to male. And if you think about how much money there is in sponsorship, like that is funding them 
hugely and how will we ever be able to compete against 99% and the um the football world cup when England got to the semi-final that was the most viewed piece of television that year bar Love Island final but we all love Love Island um it got uh, like 11.2 million views either live or online like the audience is there like you can't argue with those stats it was more viewed than the Wimbledon final and the cricket world cup final that England won and I think it outperformed the cricket world cup final by double and it's like that's what happens when you put something on BBC Two, prime time, not red button, plus one, in the morning, teletext, whatever it is, all games on at the same time. And then don't tell me, oh, well, they've got crap views. And it's like, well, of course they've got crap bloody views because you had to be uh, an absolute ex- tech expert to be able to watch them. Like, make yeah. it easy. And if it's not on a channel that's difficult to access it's then behind a paywall um, and yeah. again not many people have access to or kids that want to just flick on the tv um might not have these kind of sports channels that that you need to pay or subscribe to yeah and like with the sevens that could why is there not like a a weekly sevens roundup on when the seven series is on no you've actually got to get up and watch sky sports at half past three in the morning and like sevens is a, a brilliant sport to watch. Why are they not doing highlights reels of that uh, Sunday, 7 p.m., 8 p.m. on Sky or on normal channels? I understand the broadcasting rights and the commercial deals have to be there, but how will they ever know that that's going to bring in an audience if they don't try it? Yeah, no, totally agreed. And kind of guess bringing it back to why we're having this conversation, you've got the perception agency and you've been absolutely shouting about like, fairer opportunities in women's sport for ages but I guess your breakthrough tweet um was about what happened with uh, the Irish jersey launch through Canterbury so could you just take us through how that started to the enough campaign that's come off the back of it and which is why we're having this conversation yeah definitely this time of year people normally do jersey launches start of a new season and Ireland did that they released their new jersey like look brilliant brilliant production with Canterbury three star players used on the main part of this jersey campaign and at the bottom of the article they said and also we are releasing our women's jersey to buy with their sponsor on the front for the first time and they had got had done the e-fit of the jersey onto a model and it was a bit like wow that's literally what the IRFU and Canterbury have thought is adequate for the women to just chuck it on the bottom put it on a model, um, no one will notice, we'll do their release in a few weeks' time. And it, to the players and the outside world, it said, this is what you're worth. Whether they meant it like that or not, that's how it's come across. And I think it, what I basically did with it was just put those two images alongside each other and put two facts next to each other and said, look at this, this is, this is not right. And yeah, it, it gained loads of traction and Canterbury did respond fair play to them they've changed their brand policy now that they will always have female athletes um on jersey launches and media stuff which is brilliant because Canterbury represent thousands of rugby teams across the globe um but they said that the jersey hadn't arrived in time for that launch so they did the men's one and they will be doing a women's one in a few weeks which is great but if the men's jersey had arrived first and the women's jersey had Oh, sorry, if the women's jersey had arrived first and the men's jersey had arrived second, 
I think they would have postponed the launch to do them at the same time because the most exciting part of this is there's a new shirt. You can't see a new shirt once you've already seen it. Like the opportunity to raise the, po the profiles of these girls that they could have had proudly wearing it has now gone because they're going to go, oh yeah, I've already seen it. Like not interested. Or you could have had the male players and the female players stood next to each other literally on an equal playing field and that would have shown that we value you as the same in a very visual easy way job done but instead what's actually happened is they've shown that they value them very differently um so yeah i wrote that tweet put it out i actually was thinking about it in the shower and then i was like oh i'm mad um and then just sat on my bed post shower you know post shower thoughts um wrote it put it out um left it and yeah, then apparently Rona told us famous that <laughs> a bit later on in the night because we had hundreds of retweets and I was like, oh my God, speak to my PA, this is too much. Uh, and it, just picked, <laughs> it was just picked up from there and then a, a few media outlets got onto it and it just, it, it begged the question, why were the Irish girls not enough to be used? And then also we've had enough of this kind of crap. This is also a great story because it shows actually what change can happen when people pull together and uh, like how quick that was. Like literally, and like because of your tweet, we're on an account that had at the time what, like six hundred followers. Yeah, not even. I don't do anything on Twitter. A small account at the time. Like Canterbury change your policy. Like that's absolutely massive. Huge. Yeah, it like of everything that's happened, and it's been great to be able to speak about it with different people but for me the, the change of policy with Canterbury is the absolute biggest one because that will affect people like with years to come and hopefully it will scare the shit out of every other kit provider that oh god we need to get a woman out there because look what happened when we didn't and it, hopefully it will be a lesson learned across the board and where some people maybe don't feel like they have the voice to fight it or when they do a kit launch and they don't ask for a woman who they maybe would have gone all right, we'll just leave it. Now they have to. It's like you're fighting the battles for people who may otherwise have not felt confident enough to stand up. And it wasn't necessarily about me being confident. I just said my opinion and everybody agreed. Like, that's great. And it's the fact that so many people got behind it. That was what made it powerful. It wasn't just an individual voice. It was everyone's voices together. Yeah, the people getting behind it, it wasn't just women's rugby players. It was also parents saying like how could you suggest that my daughter's not enough and male rugby players like just the like the inequality of it was like so evident yeah and um you had a little bit of a dialogue with the famous steve didn't you rona about yeah. uh, <laughs> why he gave us a little bit of an insight which was so thankful for his really really valuable thoughts um on why female rugby players weren't used because we, we weren't feminine enough and we, we didn't look the part and like this is about selling jerseys and we need to you couldn't possibly put a female rugby player in it because you never sell a jersey um and, and we weren't we're not well groomed enough yeah because those men are just so muscly and well groomed and just pop out of the womb ready to model and play rugby apparently and, and <laughs> <Yeah>. we don't <laughs> well, that's so he said that female rugby players and i mean this is just steve <laughs> like this was one of like the few negative comments that we got like it was like an overwhelming positive response to your tweet it said that female rugby players weren't feminine enough and weren't good looking enough and like when I first seen that I was like god like that's just so untrue I've got so many friends that play rugby and play international rugby that 
are absolutely feminine enough, are like definitely good looking enough. But like actually that wasn't the point. Like the point was like how hard you have to work to get in an Irish jersey. We want to get away from this stereotype of like women's rugby players being like butch and not feminine and but actually if you are those things, that's completely fine too. Yeah. Yeah, like we want sporting role models and and athletes up there that represent the sport and we've got players that can do all of those things and also represent a jersey fantastically and sell jerseys brilliantly. Yeah, I totally agree. Like, and I think as a rugby audience, it's very accepting. Like nobody cares what anybody looks like. We want to wear the jersey because your hero is wearing it on the weekend. It's not, I'm wearing the jersey because he or she is really good looking. And I think if I put that jersey on, I'll be good looking as well. Like sports stars sell clothing or sell commercial deals because they're bloody good at their sport not because they're good looking that's the whole that's the beauty of sport like you're valued of what you do on the field not about what you look like and he I think he just com- completely missed the point but um yeah it was it was funny to see the responses to him because it was just like god you were just so deluded he was getting a lot of abuse in the end. Like, yeah, I almost I know, I felt, felt bad. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I felt bad in the end. I was like, somebody's getting bullied online, like, because I've retweeted their tweet. Boda was dropping F-bombs left, right, yeah, and centre. No. Oh, Boda. Queen Anna Boda. Catlis called him a toenail. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Brilliant. Um, yeah, I just, I think he just completely missed the mark. And like, the, the worst bit about it is I looked at his bio and he was like, I'm a kids rugby coach. And I was like, oh my God, who lets you know children? Like those thoughts. <laughs> was he just comes training and go, no, you look, you look crap, get home. <laughs> Be more rugged. <laughs> yeah. You're not well groomed enough to make this team. <laughs> no. <laughs> but I'm six. Yeah, fuck no. <laughs> yeah. So, so true. But in terms of sporting like success stories in the media, there has been quite a few recently with what yesterday, Mexico, not Mexico, Brazil women, um, football team getting paid the same as men. There are countries starting to do some really good things. Um, but yeah, things like that, again, get a very small section in the media. Um, I kind of had a little scroll before this podcast and it got, what, a paragraph on BBC website and you have to go onto the specific football page to, have to even find out about this article. Um, and it's things like that that just, they shouldn't have to make news because that should be a thing. But equally, when they do, it's such a small part of it. Yeah, like like I say, it's, it's a, it is a non-news story. It's like man and woman get equally paid. Like, that's not news. But like... It, like, it does need to be news and it does need to get big press and big positive press because, like you say, with the Brazil thing, if Brazil off the back of this, double their fan engagement, get more commercial sponsors, increase participation at grassroots level across the board, that needs to be out there because other countries can go, wow, look what happened when they did this and it leads the way and it needs to be like championed in a really positive way across the media because then other people will follow suit. And I do think football is leading the way with it. Um, Like, for example, the Women's Champions League has just signed a commercial sponsorship deal with Pepsi, Gatorade and Walkers. Like three of the biggest 
brands ac across the globe have all, and the, the caption literally is, was, we're in. And that's very much a, we're in, like, what are you doing? Like, we're doing it, so why aren't you doing it? And I think the brands and the, the sports that do champion this positive news that shouldn't be news will lead the way and they will progress on from it. But having, like you say, tiny little articles hidden in the media, you've done a great thing, like promote it, shout about it. And you're not going to get the benefits of your great thing if you don't shout about it. Um, and I, like that headline is brilliant. I hope the headline is based upon is based upon facts because a few, a few years ago um australia sevens announced that they were going to pay their men and women equally and i was like that's unreal like rugby is a huge sport in australia that is so cool and obviously the aussie girls on olympic gold that's brilliant for them and then when you looked into it they were in the same pay bracket this pay bracket was eighty thousand pounds <laughs> and the girls yeah. were on or well, dollars sorry and the girls were on like the 25 30s and the boys were on the 90 100s so like the disparity is still there but they put them in the same bracket and they made a big splashy headline about it which i suppose looked good on them so i mean i i, I don't want to i don't want to be negative about it but um i just hope it is reported factually factually yeah that's so true make this huge pay bracket in and get around it that way yeah exactly but I didn't know that about Asturias Sevens, and I remember seeing it at the time thinking that was absolutely fantastic. Yeah, yeah. It's bad. This is why we need the perception agency to bring bring the hard-hitting facts. Yeah, truth bombs, left, right and centre. <laughs> so could we chat about what you do with the perception agency now? So you were graphic design at Loughborough Uni? Yeah, so I did graphic communication and illustration at Loughborough, which was um, glorified drawing, shall we say, with a, with a computer occasionally. <laughs> And where did you come up with the idea of Perception Agency? Like, how long was that in the making before you launched it? Um, so I was working at a media agency um, in the advertising world in central London. And I was working with the likes of Facebook, YouTube, um, Lad Bible, like on the daily basis. It was, it, was, it was amazing. We were planning campaigns, putting them out. But I was a, like a very small voice in, in a bigger group. And as much as I was putting my ideas towards it and I was learning loads and we were big, all these big hitters, it wasn't something that I was really passionate about. I always had an eye on women's sport and women's sports media and the branding and the marketing of it. And what I was learning in my day job, I was like, God, we need this here. We need this there. Like if only I could do this for something that I really, really cared about. Um, and it sort of just got me to a point of not... I wasn't enjoying it as much as I should have done. And I had a passion elsewhere. And um, Giselle at Wasps actually said, like, what, how, how do we help you out? Like, how does this, how do we change this? And I was like, well, I'd love to help with doing like the Wasps social media stuff. And they um, gave me a small contract that would have given me the secure, that, a little bit of financial security about taking the leap and going off on my own. So I'm like massively grateful for Wasps for, um, giving me a leg up and giving me a, a contract that gave me a bit of security around doing that because I was like, I've got all these people who sort of asked me to do work, but I need to put it together and put, dedicate all of my time to it. So I came up with the idea of a, um, a, an advertising agency or a marketing agency that 
um, specialised in women's sport, whether it be the media of a sports team, so your your branding or what you look like on social media, etc. Then also athlete branding, athlete media, athlete partnerships, increasing the brand of you, and then helping athletes start their own businesses because a lot of girls now are starting their side hustle around sport because they want flexible jobs and as much as there are sports agencies out there that do brilliant brilliant work they focus on the men and they are experts in marketing and promoting the men's game but there is no one out there who really gets how to market women's sport because it's so new and I was like right I can either sit back and watch somebody else do it and watch women's sport progress in a way that is slow or isn't how I think it should be or I can go and do it myself and it's all about changing the perception of women's sports I think the biggest issue is how female athletes are perceived and yeah. that's everything I do whether it be a media campaign or designing content for an athlete or for a team it's about increasing positive perception of them yeah that must have been such a massive leap at the time to, to give up your kind of reliable job to focus on women's sport Cool. yeah yeah it was like oh this is a bit silly and sometimes I still wake up and like oh my god when's Renji because I'm nice I've got enough um <laughs> but you know what like you you can't oh this is gonna sound awful you can't buy happiness and like I could have had cash in my pocket walking down the street loving London life and selling my soul to the the commercial world or I could do something that I really give a shit about and may or may not change the future of younger athletes and to be honest like there's no paycheck in the world that really sort of compares to that because it actually matters and like it's brilliant having a flexible job because like you can train around it I've, everyone knows the the pain of being a female athlete and having to like that work-life balance and it gives me that like sometimes I work late and sometimes I work on weekends that's fine but because I enjoy it that makes that a lot easier yeah that's so true yeah and we love the cringe don't say sorry for your um, <laughs> cheesy <laughs> lines we love it here oh dear that'll be that. our quote that we use on instagram <laughs> like, Prona, that was says, brilliant. money doesn't <laughs> buy happiness <laughs> oh, God. yeah money doesn't buy happiness but it keeps the roof over my head and it buys shots in the chatty <laughs> <laughs> which could be happiness <laughs> which is happiness no, I, on a side note though like i think you've undersold the perception agency there like me and Bonner can say we highly recommend getting in touch with Flo. Like she's done a massive rebrand for us at the moment, and as well, we did a photo shoot. <laughs> like, like Flo made us look slightly cool, which oh, yeah, that takes a lot. It does. We're very awkward people, and uh, she made us look quite good actually. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how it happened either. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I think to like finish things up, look into the future. What do you think are like the the big next steps in like the marketing of women's sport? I think it is equal exposure and it has got to be if they're promoting the men's six nations in the same breath, in the same TV advert, in the same newspaper article, you have the women's game there because the fan base of rugby is there and they want to watch. So why don't you tap into women's sport alongside that? Like if you're, you've got rugby fans, make them women's rugby fans as well. And don't just say, here's the women's rugby. Say, this is England v Wales. Don't say, this is England women v Wales women. Just say, this is England v Wales rugby. You're a rugby fan, you will enjoy this. Like I always say, 
is Twickenham put up a sign and said, England v Wales this weekend, free tickets. That stadium would be 80,000 people packed. If you said England v Wales women this weekend and it was free, you'd probably get two, three, four thousand people. And that right there is a the problem. Like people see women and they go, no, I'm not interested. So you need to promote them together. There needs to be broadcasting rights. They need to be accessible and they need big brand commercial partnerships. And when they get it, it needs to be promoted. Totally agree. Going back to the Enough campaign, we've had like Sky Sports have got behind it. You've been on BBC Sounds. Loose Heads are you're now working with on like a t-shirt range. Like, can you tell us a bit more about yeah everybody that's got involved with it and has supported it because they are like big name brands. Yeah, a hundred percent. So Loose Heads are a clothing brand that try to tackle the stigma around sport and they normally do stuff on mental health and they've also done stuff for Stonewall. And this was something that they were like, we want to get behind. They've got a big following social media. The ambassador section is huge. They've got the likes of Hugo Monnier, Brad Shields working with them. And they were like, look, we want to use our power, our clothing range to really support this and give people something that they can get behind themselves. So they brilliantly, within a week, I honestly don't know how they do it, have turned around a t-shirt launch. They're gonna be pushing these sales out so people can continue this, uh, this campaign and keep shouting about it. And they're also gonna make a men's rage, which is brilliant because if their, their male ambassadors get behind it and some male players start wearing it as well. Just it amplifies our voice even further. So like, I'm just like really grateful for the fact that these brands are actually seeing the value in supporting it. Brilliant. Well, oh, thank cool. you so much for uh, joining us today, Flo. That's um, okay. Really current topics, um, and yeah, really insightful. I, I definitely think our listeners would would enjoy this one. Because we are doctors, lawyers, mothers, footballers, first minister. Boat laureate, we're on the move And I'm telling you, the glass ceiling's going We're coming through Rise up, eyes up, take the stage Play your game, don't be afraid You're a work of art, or Jones of art Always be proud of who you are, girl